Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boats in the Field report. I guess we'll start out with the crop report going all the way out to the East Coast. Um, make contact with Keith Leverton out there in Maryland. He said the corn harvest uh, basically is done, but they're only about two-thirds away through the bean harvest. He said fall is just like spring. It just keeps raining, and right now they're 20 inches above normal out there and more forecasted for uh, tomorrow and Tuesday. Said several growers have decided not to plant wheat because it's getting too late. So dealing with all they dealt with this spring plus hurricane issues and everything else out there. Talk with Ray at Spatial Ag in Northwest Ohio. He said the beans are done. Um, his beans are done anyway. Might be about 15% of the beans left to go in the neighborhood. He would say corn is only about 25% done. It's coming in at about 20% moisture. Uh, for the most part, they're dealing with down corn and wet soils. Their forecast for Monday is three inches of snow. Ray said their best corn is coming from the heavier ground. The lighter ground is off the mark. They had 33 days this summer above 90 degrees, and it took its toll on that lighter ground. Talk with Missy Bauer in Coldwater, Michigan. She said a lot of the crop, uh, is yet to come out and many growers have started drying the soybeans so they're coming out at about 18 percent uh, and they're putting them through the dryer at low heat said they could have harvested them a month ago at 18 percent um, but it's getting too late now and this may be the only way they would get this done before they run into major weather issues joe up in north central iowa said the beans are done and he thinks that the neighborhood's about 90 percent done with corn so they made a big move up there in north central iowa they are still dealing with wet conditions. They had anywhere from seven tenths to two and a half inches of rain in the last two days and dealing with getting trucks stuck and uh, all those things that come with it. Guys are struggling getting their corn stalks bailed, getting manure on. Their forecast is for three inches of snow this weekend. Snowed on and putting in the crop, looks like it's gonna do the same at harvest. Talk with Matt there at Rhinebeck, Iowa. Sounds like they're in the last one third of the harvest. Still fighting wet fields and rain. Uh, corn yields are not as good as last year, but they're going to be well above average. Here locally, the Illinois farmers continue to fight the weather, the down corn, and elevator slowdown as they finish up. But I think in most areas, uh, it's about a wrap here in the state. Yesterday's maximum 4-inch soil temperature uh, did drop below 50 degrees in the northern half of the state. The central and southern part of the state is still in the mid to upper 50s. If this forecast is right, uh, for you guys that are true stewards to your nitrogen, you should be able to start fall applications next week. I've been fielding a lot of calls about next year's crop, especially in this marketing climate. Some talk about beans on beans, most of this coming from the areas with tougher yields. As we pour through our plots for this year, now, we do have several bean-on-bean -bean plots. We tell you to figure for a five to six bushel yield hit in beans-on-beans -beans compared to rotated beans. This year looks to be no different. We are seeing beans-on-beans -beans lag behind rotated beans about five to seven bushel. In the case of earlier planted April beans, it may be a reduction from 86 bushel to 80 bushel, but it seems to still be there. While I'm not 100% sure the cause of the yield lag, one might suspect more disease or insect pressure. With that said, 
this year is looking to be a good year for bean fungicide insecticide applications. So far as we're looking through these plots, it's ranging from zero to eight bushel response to fungicide on soybeans with a lot of them in that three to five bushel range. And it looks like the early planted April beans are responding stronger to the fungicide applications. But as these early evaluations come in, it doesn't look like it's really any different for beans on beans than it is for rotated beans. Tillage doesn't seem to have much effect on bean yields either compared to rotated or beans on beans. One would think if disease was the main cause of the yield lag, both fungicide and tillage like, would show up like they do in corn. Most calls on crop rotation have been the other way, moving beans on bean acres back into the rotation. Following two or more years of beans will help reduce corn diseases that carry over in the residue. It should help lower some of the corn nematodes. It may not have any effect on first-year corn rootworm issues. Here again, if the pest team has documented a lot of rootworm beetles in these bean fields, or if it's one of those fields that you notice beetle crawling on the window of the windshield of the combine, you're still going to need to protect yourself next year from rootworm. While two or more years of beans on beans will reduce disease pressure, it'll be up to the pest team to scout for infestations next spring. So eliminating a fungicide out of your program next year may not be feasible. We're seeing a lot of rotated corn with big fungicide responses this year. I've been asked if we had beans in that field for two years or more, can we count on a double nitrogen bean credit next year uh, and reduce our nitrogen rate? The answer is no. Set your nitrogen rate for first year corn and back it up with in-season nitrates at side dressing time. If the nitrate testing indicates that you have the ability to pull back, then do it. Don't budget for nitrogen savings on your putting corn on your bean on bean ground uh, over your rotational ground. There seems to be a growing interest in converting rotational acres to corn on corn. Now some of you seasonal corn on corn growers know all the tricks to keep corn on corn yield strong. Our recommendation though is to plug in a 10 to 15 bushel reduction in corn on corn yields. If you manage all the threats, implement a good corn on corn program that accounts for the carbon penalty, disease, insects, you may see a small reduction or even a yield increase. Talk to some growers today, their highest yielding corn is coming from corn on corn. But if mother nature turns things dry long enough in the season, Corn on corn will suffer and there's not much you can do about it. Hybrid selection is crucial. Top yielding hybrids in rotation may not be the top yielding hybrids in corn on corn. They may not be able to handle the stress. We recommend not growing the same hybrid in that field back to back. Growing that same hybrid back to back tends to express the weaknesses of that hybrid. In our plots this year, we had two hybrids on corn on corn, one hybrid was six bushel behind the other until we got to the part of the field where that hybrid was planted last year and it fell 36 bushel behind. This was a corn on corn field that was tilled and sprayed with a fungicide. So rotate the genetics and even then try to rotate your weaknesses. If this year's hybrid had a poor GLS score, try to come back with one that has a good score. 
we will have high amounts of GLS inoculant to deal with next year. And some hybrids just don't belong in corn on corn. So spend some time researching the right ones. A good seedsman here can make a big difference. In short, plug in all costs when making decisions on your rotation change, fertility, insecticide, fungicide, tillage, as well as how it changes harvest plants. A lot of extra beans this year put the crunch on the harvest. And then don't forget insurance from Mother Nature throws you a curveball so you get yourself covered. As I speak, the crew is harvesting the last of the 218 plots. That is, unless we've missed one. So if you still have a plot and you're expecting us to help harvest, call the office and let Isaac and his crew know. We're still in need of volunteers for the hand shelling next Tuesday, the 13th. If we get enough volunteers, we hope to expand our sheller lines from three to four, maybe even five. This would really speed things up. We are also in need of a moisture tester that also tells test weight. If anyone has one that we could borrow for the day, it would be greatly appreciated. Don't forget, Sunday is Veterans Day. We here at CropTech want to thank all veterans and their families. It's because of your sacrifice that we get to farm in this great country. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.